Welcome to Gossip Pro, the show where we break the silence and unmask the professional world. I'm your host, AC. And I'm her partner in crime, Chase. So tune in, learn and evolve. And sidestep those professional pitfalls. Do you know what? My stomach keeps going. I know, I can hear it. I feel like this keeps happening every time we record. I know, I'm so hungry. I know, we need to feed you. Oh my God. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited to delve into these three emails that we got. Yeah. These are three people who are having some serious workplace issues at the moment. Don't we all? Yeah, I know. So we're going to be giving some advice and Mm. thoughts about how they can navigate the situation. Oh, fair enough. Let's let's get it going. Right. Let's start with Michelle's email. Michelle. Yes. I'm facing some work challenges and could use some guidance. Our directors used to have an open door policy and valued our feedback, but the recent company acquisition which happened in the last six months has led to significant changes in our direction and priorities. That seems normal. Mm. Since the acquisition, my role has become more challenging and I've noticed I've been undermined in meetings as well as being excluded from a few. Okay, that's alarm bells already. Mm. It's clear that new board members are actively seeking to replace me, likely to bring in their own senior personnel. It's frustrating because they seem more interested in their personal agenda than recognizing my exceptional performance. I don't want to quietly leave. I'm wondering what my options are. It's not nice going through stuff like that, is it? It's horrible. Yeah. It's not something that she can actually control either. It's kind of out of her control. It's out of your control, but you you can definitely take steps. Oh, definitely. To safeguard yourself. Yeah, and I think in this situation, it sounds like she's going through early stages of quiet firing. Mm. So what we mean by that is when the company has the objective to show the worker or the employee they don't have a future at the company, so they're doing everything they can to encourage them to leave. So they could just make things really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think she's already highlighted two things that they've already started doing to her. So I went and had a little look about what they could be doing. So being ignored by a manager could be one of the things, stopping or reducing internal communication, being left out of socials or meetings. I mean, the meetings she's already mentioned. Information being withheld, being undermined in meetings, which you also mentioned, increase or decreasing workload, and exaggerating minor performance issues to justify performance management. In this situation, and this is this is where a lot of companies go wrong, I think let them keep digging that hole. Just you take the necessary steps to safeguard yourself. Because if you end up in a tribunal, it's them who have to evidence why they've taking those certain actions like if they've left you out of a meeting Mm. why specifically if you're meant to be in that meeting or you've been in those meetings previously unless they've spoken to you directly and they've given you a reason they can't just leave you out of those Mm. you know they can't just start acting differently towards you let them keep digging that hole away and you just take the necessary steps to safeguard yourself definitely and i've seen this situation happen to a lot of people and i think it's because managers or people don't like conflict And they don't want to address the situation head on or they don't want to make it clear what's really going on. So they'll just try and do quietly with that and then think that the employee won't notice. Mm. They will notice. Mm. And the more you do it, the more they're going to be like, okay, alarm bells, something's going on. It would be better if they just spoke to them directly. Yeah, I mean, usually when they go quiet, it means that they're either strategizing in the background. They're waiting for sign-offs from seniors. Or it might be a case where they're potentially waiting for a sign-off for a redundancy process mm. to be initiated with you. But in this circumstance, if it's affecting you, I wouldn't even wait around. So the steps we spoke about earlier is booking a meeting with HR, 
raise it as a formal grievance. If you're being left out of meetings and you're being treated differently and you're being disregarded and your opinions aren't being taken in when it, when it matters, specifically if it's in regards to your department or your area, then get a formal record of that, raise it. Yeah, and what, what do we always say in terms of these situations? If you're noticing changes happening, big or small, make sure you start documenting those ev the evidence. Yeah. So what is it? Is it date, time, who was around? What else is there, Chase? What, I mean, what was said. What was said. Yeah. Then, is there an email trail? Yeah, if that's a that's a well-known fact. If yeah. it's not written down, it never happens. So make sure you get it in writing. Yeah. You don't always have to wait for them to email you. You can actually email them with certain stuff. If you've been left out of a meeting, you can say, oh, I've realised that I've been left out of this meeting. Would I be attending this meeting? And if not, is there a specific reason why I've been left out? You know, you can throw a question at them directly. Don't always think by staying quiet, it's better for you. No, it's not. Because when you've got an issue with your employer, it works two ways. You need to raise it with them because if they are doing certain things incorrectly, then you need to give them the opportunity to fix that and mm -hmm. remedy it. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to go straight to a tribunal. Well, the judge at the tribunal is going to turn around and say, well, did you raise any of your grievances with your employer? And if you haven't... Mm. Right. But I think we, even we, even if we take a step back before that, I think if she wanted to first approach the manager and ask the question, like you said, on an email, that doesn't work, then go to HR. Because HR will always say, well, have you spoken to your manager about this? And if you haven't, then they'll make you do that first before you, you start raising grievances. Well, not necessarily, because if your grievance is about your manager, then you're not going to really speak to your manager about it. But that. this is a question. Why have I been left out of a meeting? It seems like a simple question. It's a question if you want to ask it, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you're feeling a certain way, then you do have the option to go straight to HR. I mean, that's why every mm -hmm. company, well, most companies have HR departments, right? So you can go and speak to them. If you're, if you're stuck in a situation where your line manager is treating you differently, you're not going to feel confident enough to go and speak to them about your problems. So you go to an impartial person, which is your HR department. But if you feel confident enough and you've got a relationship with your manager, then like you said, mm -hmm. have that conversation first with them. If it doesn't change, then hit up human resources. Mm. And this situation, again, like we're saying, it feels like quite frightening. And I think what people or managers and companies don't realise is the effect it has on the person that's going through this you're affecting their future in a way you know their mental health they're probably going to get anxiety depression their confidence is going on i mean they're going to struggle to find another job because they you've just literally made them feel like shit usually in these situations when someone gets you know handled in in that way and and the way i look at it is is when the employer is proactively increasing the workplace toxicity towards yeah. that one person because they kind of want them to just resign and leave. Yeah. And unfortunately, we live in a world where most people do actually just resign and leave. It's like, don't do it. Stick around, especially if you've been with a company for a significant period of time. If they want to make your role redundant, then they need to pay you for the loyalty that you've shown the company. Irrelevant of if it's someone who's just acquired mm. the company or not. So yeah, always put yourself first in, in such situations because... If the employer's treating you that way, that's exactly what they're doing. They're putting themselves first before you. And then they wonder why employees react certain ways or quite quit or do all those things. It's because the company has been treating their people badly yeah, in I some mean, situations. If it's a case where you've acquired a company and you've realised that they're overstaffed and, you know, you need to cut back on the budget in order to safeguard the rest of the company, then that's fair enough. But handle it the right way. Yeah.
And I think in this situation, maybe they're not handling it the right way because if they were to go through the redundancy process, the official process, then Michelle would be due nearly up to 20 grand because she's been there, what, for 10 years and because of her age as well. So because of those reasons, she could get quite a good amount out of them. There's many things that come into consideration, isn't it? You've got length of service, you've got your age actually does come into effect when it comes to working out redundancy i think mm. it's at some age in the 40s that you go over it's 1.5 versus one and also don't forget you've got your outstanding annual leave and you've got other things that need to be taken to into that final package mm. that's given to you but more than the money it's the mental health side yeah of stuff. i was reading an article somewhere and it says it's, it's all similar to a relationship so if you've been in a relationship for say three years and then the relationship ends it sort of takes Six months, it's like two months for every year to, to recover. So if you've been with a company for, say, six years, that's a year of recovery time. Because if your loyalty was reciprocated with someone just treating you like crap, that's going to affect you. It's a shame. Yeah. So, Michelle, you've got two options. You can either do nothing, which we would advise against, mm. or B, just take the proactive route, which is start documenting the evidence, like we've said. Speak to your manager if you do have a good relationship with them. If you don't and you don't feel comfortable, then go straight to HR, raise a grievance about everything, but make sure you have everything documented. Like, Don't just go and raise a grievance. You need to make sure you have some sort of documentation or at least some evidence that these things Mm. have been happening, which will make your case easier. And then I guess the last thing you could do, which we would advise, is to look at what other options are out there in the market. Because you've been there for 10 years, And maybe a new challenge would be great for you. Absolutely. If your HR department doesn't do anything with it as well, then, you know, reach out to ACAS and start early conciliation. There's many things you can do. But hey, if you're still unsure, (laughs) maybe hit up AC with an email or something. And, you know, we're more than happy to arrange additional conversations because your mental health comes first. Yeah, and I think you've made a good point about the mental health side. So don't isolate yourself. Speak to your friends and family who you can speak to about these things. If it gets really bad, go to your GP, speak Mm. to them. Maybe they'll have a recommendation that can help you with. Mm. There's loads of things that are out there. There's organizations out there that will give you the the guidance and the support you need as well. And yeah, vent it out. You know, you need to let that pressure out. Don't hold on to it. Because I've seen many people that have kept this information in and it's completely discombobulated them or, you know, it's created some kind of long-term health problems for them so yeah pressure cooker situation dude unlock that thing just let it let it out (laughs) love it so let's move on to the second story okay let's do it sarah sarah i'm a teacher at a primary school in the uk i've been here for over eight years consistently praised for my performance and maintaining a strong relationship with parents however since the school became an academy about two years ago many changes have occurred In that time, several teachers have been on sick leave and didn't return. In the last year, senior members started criticising my teaching methods and lesson plans. And recently, it came to my end-of-year review meeting and I was given an ultimatum. Hmm. If I don't go for the pay increase, then they'll pass my performance. But if I go for the pay increase, she was going to fail me. Since then, I've lost former energy and my vitality. My kids suggest I quit, but I can't bring myself to do it considering the years of hard work I've invested. What advice can you offer? Wow. Yeah. 
I think first and foremost, Sarah, you know what, thank you very much for all the services as a, as a teacher. I don't think teachers get applauded enough for all the hard work they do. I mean, you've got, you've got a lot of teachers I in do. your family and I see how much they struggle with the workload and it's just absolutely ridiculous. And the way they get treated in that industry, Jesus, someone really needs to dive into that and, and look at how they can do some significant improvements because these are individuals that are mentoring and helping our, our youngest you know the future of the country yeah thank you very much sarah and, and for for all the other teachers out there this sounds like a typical situation where she's being maybe performance managed out and i think that's why they've been criticizing her for the past year so they've got some sort of evidence that she's not performing i didn't like the bit around the pay increase thing though this is a clear-cut example of someone using a pit plan in the wrong way yeah. they just want to try and push someone out not trying to help them improve and it sounds to me like Sarah's been what eight years teaching. If you know, if she's got an unblemished record, mm -hmm. then it's just money related. Yeah. And I can only imagine that's an informal conversation. There's no way anyone will put formally, oh, by the way, if you don't accept this, is it the next chapter? I don't know how the teaching yeah, side works. Yeah, teaching have it. got levels in terms of their pay increases. So each year okay. you go up. Is it each year or is it I each think, stage? I'm assuming it's each year, but I think when you get more advanced, I guess when you get higher up, I think it's every two years. I'm not sure, but there is like a pay pay okay. scale that they have to go I can't, through. I can't imagine it being each year because that's a hell of a lot of tears. I presume it, it's varied on the amount of increase or the level you're at. I'd have to check. It'll be interesting to know. We'll, we can have a have a look at that yeah and in terms of so if people are thinking what's the difference because we mentioned that it's an academy school right mm. there's different types of schools out there i don't know if know if anyone knows that the school that their children are going to but there's academies which is directly funded by the government these schools are run like businesses so they've got budgets and they can run it however they want so they could and that, i think this is why it feels like they're doing cost cuts on salaries here because i'll probably get the nqts in and they'll be cheaper and they'll still do i wouldn't say the same job but similar job uh, maybe not as much experience but they can do the teaching role and i think this is what's going on here this seems like a cost-cutting exercise and they're trying to performance manage this person out versus say a state school which is different they're not run like a business okay so the academy is funded by the government yeah standard schools are funded by local authorities oh, okay yeah i remember my secondary school um was a state one and then mm -hmm. it became an academy and i'll be honest like soon as it became an academy you know when they make those changes they must be paying the senior members quite a bit because the cars change straight away but then with the teachers they want to cut corners i don't know but most of the teachers i've spoken to as mm. soon as you mention the word academy they're like yeah they're money driven I would agree with that. I mean, it'd be great to get from our I viewers, so. like listeners, like what their perspective is. It'd be great to get that insight. I think it's more of a case of, you know, anyone who works for an academy versus a state school, it would be interesting to know, do we have it wrong? Like, I'm genuinely interested. Mm -hmm. I want to know mm -hmm. because it seems like academies are financially driven. Yeah, which is not good for the kids. I think long term because it's nice to have those teachers who have been there and got the experience. It's not nice when those types of teachers are being pushed out. I think that's atrocious. So in terms of some stats, mm -hmm. so did you know if you, over fifty percent of teachers would not recommend others to join the profession? I can actually believe that, and I'll tell you why because I've read an article where the teaching profession is one of three most stressful jobs in the UK. I think the other was the NHS, and then you've got also a head chef. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people who don't know much about teaching and stuff, 
I think there's this kind of perception that teaching is easy because you get all the holidays and you only work from, and I'm assuming people think like only from nine till three or whenever your school starts and finishes, but actually it's way more than that. Yeah. Like you've got to get in early and then you can't just leave when the kids oh. leave. You've got to there sit there marking. So your evening's kind of pretty much done. And then you've got planning to do. And there's all the paperwork that comes from the schools as well. It's not just those things. So mm. it's not it's not easy. It's not like a nine to five job. I've seen individuals like on your side <laughs> that's been in teaching for a long time and they're working weekends as well. So it's it's not it's not your simple nine to five, Monday to Friday. No, they're doing weekends. That time off during the summer is probably the only time off they do get. To recharge. Not only that, emotionally recharge. Yeah. To work in an environment that is pretty much waiting to get rid of you because you're potentially moving up levels instead of applauding and supporting you as you're moving up levels. Is it Finland? Finland's, I mean, the way they teach, uh, treat their teachers is, is one of the best globally. Oh, is it? I think so. I think it's Finland. I'm going to have a look at that. Actually. Mm. So in terms of Sarah's options, mm. I think we would say be proactive in this situation because it doesn't look like it's going anywhere good. My immediate recommendation to Sarah is because I know the teaching world is slightly different. Yeah. The ecosystem of how they deal with stuff is is different to a lot of other organizations. So I think reach out to your union right straight away. away. Get some advice. Yeah. That's what you pay them for. But also be very cautious. I have also come across some union representatives, which are terrible. Mm. you don't have to fully agree with what they're saying but just find out what your options are because that's what you pay them for and then make a decision yeah and i think in this situation again like we said earlier make sure you've documented everything because that's going to help your union rep to build that case mm. if you do decide to take some sort of action towards the school just realize that it might be the end at yeah. that school potentially because they're very underhanded with references as yeah well. so even if say you you wanted to stay there there might still be making you feel uncomfortable. Mm. If you decide to leave, I've seen situations where head teachers know head teachers. So even yeah, if yeah. you go for another school, they'll underhandedly speak to the last head teacher and you might not even get to the final stage or get the job. Or even if you do get the job, it's just, yeah, yeah. they've said something. It's, yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we know a few yeah. people that have literally got offered a job and then it got retracted yeah. as soon as the reference was done because the individual had a personal vendetta against someone who left. And, you know, it's just disgusting, isn't it? Like, if you're that sort of person that's making someone else's life a living hell because they decided to move on you, you don't deserve to yeah. be in any sort of senior position i think i know which situation you're talking yeah. about the worst thing is that that school had signed a contract that said they were not allowed to share anything that had happened yeah and they were meant to give a good reference and they they broke that this individual actually found out that that was the case yeah because it happened for the second time yeah. not even once twice yeah twice and they actually reached out to the union and i think the union had sent some kind of stern letter or something but mm. even in that circumstance it shouldn't be a stern letter it should be a case of it's a breach of contract well, yeah you sign an nda if you breach it that's it the the whole teaching world especially in the uk it's a bit messed up needs to be looked at <laughs> because I, I think our teachers aren't applauded or supported enough yeah and then the other thing that you could consider doing is maybe changing career with those skills there's many jobs out there oh, yeah. that you can dive into you can go into hr hey? <laughs> welcome, welcome to the world of hr you, you know you can dive into that you can go into the training and development uh, department yes. of larger larger um corporations you private know, tutoring that's that's another one you can do that private tutoring as a side hustle yeah if you want to. hey welcome to the world of <laughs> social work social work yeah 
good with kids? I mean, there's a number of things that you can do. We know a lot of teachers that have, have moved into working for the government directly. Yeah, HMRC, uh, I HMRC, think. HMRC, yeah, yeah, there was loads of jobs going at one point. Hey, your options... There is a vast amount. Don't ever feel like you're stuck. And coming to the previous point with Michelle, speak to people. Yeah. Your mental health, your physical health is of the utmost importance. Don't ever sidetrack that. Yeah, definitely. And then, like I said before, speak to your doctor if you need to. And then there was another one that we came across, which was there's a helpline for teachers. So it's Mm. called educationsupport.org.uk, which we'll add in the comments below. And you can just call them and have a chat. Because they're a charity, aren't they? They've been over 100 years, I I was about to say, ain't that the one that's been around for like a century and a half? Yeah, yeah. Wow. But yeah, they're there to help. There's also Facebook groups as well for teachers Mm. that are struggling or want to get out of teaching. So you could also join those as well. It sounds to me like this individual, it's not that they want to get out of teaching, but it sounds like they're very passionate about teaching. It's that they're being treated in in an ill manner. Yeah, but the options are there. Yeah, It's good to know what your options are. So, yeah, we're now moving on to that last email, Magda. Magda. Yes. I need advice regarding a team member, Jason, whose motivation and performance have significantly declined. They're now taking a bare minimum approach affecting productivity and team morale. I asked if they plan to leave. They said no. However, I'm worried about the impact on the team. It could set a negative precedent. Any advice on how to address this and prevent further decline would be greatly appreciated. So just some backstory. She's a director. She's been at the company for five years. She works for an SME. I didn't quite catch that. Or maybe you did say, was Jason someone who performed quite well and he's dipped? In yeah, so he used to perform well and now he's dipped. First and foremost, it's very simple. You need to speak to Jason directly and find out what's going on. Mm. I think sometimes as individuals, you know, even, you know, when we're in a sort of management or leadership position, we forget to be humans. Find out what's going on with Jason. There could be something happening in his life that's affecting him from performing the way he used to. I mean, mm-hmm. you know he's capable of performing at that level. Have a conversation. Have a heart-to-heart. Show this person that you're human and you care as well. That's immediately the first thing I would do. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think in this situation, it sounds like Jason may have quietly quit. So he's kind of doing the bare minimum. He's doing the job. But I think psychologically, he's not fully there. And he's made that decision. I am going to do my job. I'm going to do my responsibilities. I'm not going to go above and beyond. That's the impression I got from this. Me personally, I would challenge that immediately and say, you don't know if that's true. I mean, he might not have quietly quit. He might have things happening in his personal life that's kept him distracted. I mean, On many occasions when I've had these one-to-one discussions with individuals that have sort of dipped in performance, I found out things like either their their partners unfortunately got cancer or something's happened to their children or they're going through family issues or financial issues. You just don't know. First and foremost, be human and have that discussion with that individual. Definitely agree with that. And I think I have mentioned quietly quit because that can happen in these situations. So we're just going to address them anyway. It could be a situation where an ambitious employee, which was working so hard and above above and beyond, goes and starts just doing the minimum. I think that's still okay as long as they get the job done. But again, like you said, you need to have that conversation to work out why, what's going on with them. And it might be that, that it might just be for a little small amount and then they might just come back stronger. There's also situations where you'll have coasters, which we've said previously, like coasters are not, it's not a bad thing because they're still delivering 
they just are really good at what they do. They deliver what they need to. They're actually quite reliable because I've mm. worked with coasters before and they're actually mm. really reliable. You ask them to do something, they'll do it. Do they have the initiative to go above and beyond? Maybe not. They've, maybe they don't want to do that. Maybe they're at a different stage of their lives. That's not a bad thing. I think what is a bad thing, if Magda had highlighted this, then I would say definitely you need to start having more serious conversation is if he's really underperforming and he's not delivering and he's skiving and he's making loads of mistakes that I do not agree with. I think the key thing is how long has it been going on? Have you had a discussion with them? Those are the important things that you need to establish immediately and get to know your audience. If it's a case where this individual all of a sudden has reprioritized things in their life, based on unprecedented circumstances, then that's fair enough. Mm. Then just adjust it because you can still, like you said, reliable getting tasks done. You can still give them tasks. It's just don't expect them to go above and beyond, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. If you've got a team of, say, five, ten, I mean, all the way up, like hundreds, thousands, etc. not everyone's going to be someone who wants to go above and beyond. You're going to get the plodders. But that's fine, as long as they're getting the task done. I agree. And I think there's some questions that maybe Magda could also ask. So, you know, did something happen in your life that made you reprioritize your workload? Is it to do with Magda's leadership and management? That could come out. Potentially. We don't know. So jumping on that, most people end up either quiet quitting or deciding not to sort of continue working at the level they have because they've exerted so much energy is because they either get typecasted to say that person is absolutely great at that so i'm gonna keep them there they're just gonna keep doing that mm -hmm. one thing so they get overlooked for promotions they got overlooked for additional support in fact people don't even check in on them like, hey how's it going how are you actually i haven't heard from you for a mm -hmm. while my line manager my last line manager was absolutely brilliant at checking in on me he knew he could always leave me to go and do my thing i barely ever spoke to him i'll just get on with stuff he will come to me and be like oh we need to do this 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 and he'll leave me to do it but he regularly checked in on me and asked me how are you doing are you okay yeah my manager was the same as well my last workplace yeah. she was amazing yeah. so that that is good leadership good management and I think this is where, I, and I hope, Magna, you don't take this too personal, but you do need, if the feedback that you get from Jason does imply that you need to work on your leadership or management skills, don't take that as a negative, take mm. that as a positive. Yeah. And, you know, start building a rapport with this guy. I mean, obviously, I don't know the exact details, but try and build that relationship and try and understand what's caused this loss of motivation. And also, it could also be burnout as well. Like, maybe this guy's been working for so long and you don't even realise it hits you from nowhere. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then you're like, Ding, gone. And, you know, in that situation, if you've got the opportunity to and say you're the budget controller or something and this individual's been performing all the time, guess what? Give them an extra week off or something. If it's not included in their annual leaves, that's fine. Just give them an extra week off and say, you deserve this, actually. You've been working your ass mm. off. I see that recently you've become less productive. I presume you need a week off from all of this. So here you go, take it. That person's going to come back and fight to the death for you. Oh, yeah. Um, you want to be there as a line manager when they need you the most. That's when you want to be there because you prove to them that you will always support them. And that means a lot to people. Employees don't ask for much. Mm. There's a lot of employees out there shaking their head right now saying, you're trying shit, Chase. <laughs> right? They ask for you to be there when, you need, when they need you the most. It's as simple as that. Now, let's jump onto the flip side. Say Magna is an excellent leader and Jason has decided enough's enough. I'm just going to take a step back because I've reprioritized other things mm. in my life that make me a bit more money. Yeah. You need to take steps. Yeah. Right? 
because like you said you cannot allow that to just keep on happening because then you will lose the rest of your team the performers and i've seen that happen i've been in situations where managers haven't addressed this and they've had the underperformer slacker in the team getting away with loads of stuff and you're like why am i working my ass off and this person's not doing jack shit they're making Mm. mistake after mistake I can't rely on this person to deliver what I need to do because he's meant to be part of the team, but he's not doing his job. And I can't rely on my managers and even more senior managers actually deal with this situation. What's the point? This is why companies lose people from within their talent pool when they don't deal or they have managers who don't deal with people who don't perform. Mm. So, you know, jump on that straight away, Magna, if that is the case. If you haven't had the conversation, have the conversation first. But if you've had the conversation and say it's been like three, four months already, then you need to start dealing with that straight away. Performance management, yep. serious conversations. If it means, you know, sitting there and have a, a meeting that leads to a verbal warning, it is what it is. You need to do whatever you can do, what's within your arsenal, and check with your HR team as well, and make sure that this individual understands the severity of what's going on. Yeah, perfect. That was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I like these. I think yeah. it's nice to delve into what's happening in people's workplaces. Yeah, and do you know what, Magda... Michelle, Michelle, Sarah, Sarah, yeah, remembered. Magda, Michelle, and Sarah. You know what? We're, we're genuinely sorry that you're having to go through this. It's it's never nice and it's not easy, but you will come out on the other side a much stronger person. And the thing is, the fact that you guys are aware of what's going on, that is the biggest step. You're not just thinking, I'm just going to let this slide. No, you're thinking, what can I do about it? Yeah. I know there's an issue. I need to do something about it. You've got all the options in front of you. Just do what's right for you. Absolutely. If you guys need any more support or advice or you have taken action, but then it's somehow manifested into something else, then hit us up. We're more than happy to help out. Yeah, send us an email and you never know, you might be on the show. Yay! Thank you for listening today. And if you have any workplace SOS issues that you'd like to get our advice on, please send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you and goodbye.